Brent's got a word this morning. Father, I just pray over Brent now. That he speaks as if he speaks the oracles of God. To ever be on the forefront of his mind as you are, so is he. That he have a message straight from the heart, Father, to us. The anointing flow. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Brother Brian. Originally, uh, Brian was supposed to be gone this, this day, and uh, we had gotten he and Julie tickets. I think it's today y'all's anniversary? Yeah. Happy anniversary. And uh, they were going to spend their anniversary at a concert over in Jackson, but ended up getting canceled on them. So uh, Brian told me, he said, look, you've already prepared, just go ahead and and, and speak and so he gave him a little break too and so this morning what I wanted to speak on was called the courts of heaven and um, you know we're sitting here when we're talking about we finally found where we belong and it's in the presence of God you know so no matter where we are he says he's already seated us in his presence and so because He's already seated us in His presence, we're there. You don't have a choice. Now whether you're going to be conscious that you're there or not, that's up to you. Because the times that you feel closest to God, when you feel like He's come near to you, it's actually because you come near to Him. Because He's already near you. He's already inside of you. He's walking every step with you. And I know there are situations in our life that happen all the time where we don't feel that closeness to God. And there's things that we pray for that we don't seem to get the results we want sometimes. And so, if I can do anything to maybe shed some light on some things that maybe you haven't thought about when you're... Um, in the realm that He's placed you in. The things that you have access to. I want to shed some light on some of that. And so I want to start in John chapter 14 this morning. So if you want to, turn to John chapter 14. I'm going to start with verse 2 and verse 2 through 4. <laughs> so if you found that place, begin reading here. And I'm in the Passion Translation as well. Before I begin though, um, Brother Brian left off last week with the Great Commission to us. And he brought to our attention that we're not to be still. We're to be moving in the Kingdom of God. And maybe this maybe will open up some avenues of thought to you that you realize that you need to be bringing upon this earth. And so I wanted to kind of read here. And this is verse 2, chapter 14 of John. It says, My Father's house has many dwelling places. And if it were otherwise, I would tell you plainly, because I go to prepare a place for you to rest. And when everything is ready, I will come back and take you to Myself so that you will be where I am. Okay, so he's telling us here, in my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. 
So if you kind of think about, most of y'all have been to, in my house. I think everybody here probably has been. So when you think of the house of God, well, you can't put brick and mortar on it. And we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But if you walk into my house that is made of brick and mortar and wood and everything, will you come into my living room most of the time? You know, people usually come through the back side and they come up underneath my carport and you come into the living room. And when you come into the living room of my house, that's probably the most place that we go to when we're in there. Even me and Rachel, probably. We spend most of our time probably in the living room. Of course, she spends a lot more in the kitchen than I do. Well, I spend more in the living room flipping channels or something, you know. But what I'm, I'm saying is this. The house of God has many rooms, it says. And if I only went to the living room, then I'm not really knowing what the house of God really is looking like or my house really looks like. I'm only seeing the living room part of the house of God. And so if I explore the rest of my house, I'll go out and into the dining area and then the kitchen area and all of it's useful. We need to eat, so we go to the kitchen. We need to sit and eat, so we go to the dining room table. We go to the bedroom to sleep, to get rest, go to the bathroom, to wash our face, brush our teeth, do all kinds of things. But every room has to be accessible and used in order for the house that Brent lives in to be um, efficiently worked in or used in or lived in. And so every one of those rooms means something to us. And if I just went and stayed in one room, then I really wouldn't get the use of my house like I really need. If I only had, if I, had, I built a house and I said, I just need a living room, well, I'd find out quickly I needed to eat, I needed to sleep, I needed to go to the restroom, you know, and so I'd find out, wait a minute, I've got to use the whole room. And so many times, we know sometimes, Brian's been taking us many times on Wednesday nights. If you've not been coming, I encourage you to come. He takes us to that secret place. That secret place that God has already made available to us. And He's made many, many more places available to us. Not just in the secret place of where you can go and just kind of sit in His arms. He also has places to go to be useful in His kingdom here. So there, if we're going to go and do the Great Commission, we can't do it just sitting at His feet, can we? So we have to be mobile in the kingdom of God. And He's placed us in this spiritual realm that we have access to all that He has. Not just the living room, but the rest of the house as well. And so turn with me now to Acts chapter 7. And I want to, this will kind of give you a picture of what the kingdom of God or the house of God looks like. And this is Stephen who's actually preaching from the book of Joel right before he's martyred here. And so this is in verses 48 through 50. So if you'll turn there, chapter 7, 48 through 50. And so here he comes in and, and Stephen tells this. So I'm going to back up. I think, yeah, there it is, 48. However, the Most High God does not live in temples made by human hands, as the prophet said. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool for my feet. How could you possibly build a house that could contain me? 
says the Lord Yahweh. And where could you find a place where I could live? Don't you know that it is my hands that have built my house, not yours? So here we're looking, and he doesn't have a house built out of mortar and brick and stone and clay and wood. His, his house is a spiritual house. And it's endless. It's continuing. It's so, it's so much more available to us that we don't even realize. We try to put a house of God. When we think of those rooms, we want to almost think of a room just like the house I described of mine. But when, when God talks about His house, He says you can't, contain, you can't build anything could, to contain me. He was not contained in the Ark of the Covenant. That's just the place He came to to meet the high priest. He was not there all the time. He has His own home, but that was His place that He made available under the Old Covenant to go and meet His people that He called. So he, that Ark could not contain Him. I don't care how big that Ark of the Covenant was. And He explains that here. So I want you to think about something. Many times we're praying. And I know you can enter many of these spiritual rooms when you're praying to the Lord. But there are many times that you can just stop and you can meditate and you can transfer into those places. And you think, oh, that sounds crazy. That sounds spooky. But I can tell you a story. Alex, one day on Wednesday night, he shared that he was having some problems in his lungs. And that, that they went there and they was looking at something and they thought it was something in his lungs from breathing in. And so that night, we, he either said that and he said maybe the heart. And so that night, I always get woke up by the Lord in the middle of the night. I guess He knows when my mind can be where it's not distracted by other things. And the Lord took me to ascend into the, His lungs. And I was sitting there scraping His lungs that night. And I didn't know why I was there. I just knew that that's what I was doing. The Lord took me into that place or I ascended into that place that I knew that's in, that's, in a, that's in a place. We're mansions of God. We're temples of God. So that's a place accessible to me. And so in the spirit realm, I access that place and that next morning, he got up, he went to the doctor, and the doctor's like, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. Nothing. We, we took these x-rays and this stuff, and everything's fine. No problem. And I asked Alex, I said, after he told me that, I said, hey, I said, did you feel anything in your lungs last night or anything? You know, because I'm thinking, he's bound to have felt this. And he's like, no, no. But what I'm telling you is these places are accessible for us. And we can go into places that are not bound by time and space. And so the Lord makes that available. And how, we, how do we know this? I mean, we look through His Word and we see His Word tells us in Ephesians chapter 2. He said, I seated you in My Son at My right side. So if you're in Christ and you're seated in Him, at the right hand of the Father, then where you belong is there. Where you live from is there. And so many times in our prayer life, we're not praying from where we're seated. Does this sound more like your prayer sometimes? That you're trying to convince God to do something for you. You know what that is? 
That's an earthly prayer. That's a prayer that you're trying to convince, almost strong-arm God into doing something for you. But He seated us in Christ at His right hand. So if He seated us in Christ at His right hand, where's my left ear? Or right ear? I don't know. Or left ear. My left ear is sitting next to His voice. And so if I'm going to pray from where I'm seated, I'm going to hear. And then I'm going to release. I'm going to release what I hear from the Father. And so we've got to be thinking about how we pray. So think about this prayer. Think about this definition of prayer. And this is a definition that Robert Henderson gave here. It says, prayer is stepping into spiritual dimensions and helping, helping shift things through our faith, through our repentance, and through our activities with God so that what is in heaven can come into the earth. Now, if our prayer sounds a little more like that, then all of a sudden we've got to do more than just sit there and try to strong-arm God into doing something that we think is what we need done. Now we're sitting there and we're co-laboring with Him. We're in the realms that we need to be declaring out from. Our prayer needs to be more of a declaration than a begging or trying to convince Him. You think God don't already love more than you love? You wouldn't even know what love was if it wasn't for God. Because it says God is love. So we're trying to convince God to love somebody as much as we love them so that He'll do what we ask Him to do. And that's not the God that we serve. The God that we serve is already love and He's trying to convince you to present His love. He's already got the love within Him overflowing. And He said, that's why I sent My Son so that you can do this. But so many times our prayer sounds like we're trying to convince Him to do something rather than listening for His voice and declaring out what He already wants and desires. And so I'm trying to let you know there is a different realm. And the title, if I have a title this morning, it was called the Courts of Heaven. And so there are courts set up in heaven. You remember Psalm in Psalm 104? It says, Come into my courts with thanksgiving and praise. He's not just saying, Come to my tennis court, my basketball court. He's saying, Come into my presence. Where I need you, where things are bartered and taking place here. There's a lot of things that's going on in the spirit realm that sometimes we don't have we don't have an excuse not to know what's going on in that realm because he's already gave us that power. And He's already seated us above that spirit realm in Christ Jesus. He said He made Jesus a little lower than the angels to come as a man to earth. And then when He went back, He ascended back up above that realm that you and I are above as well. And that realm is where a lot of the barter and the trading takes place upon the earth. That people make all kinds of agreements with darkness, with Satan, with demons. When Brian played that video there just a little bit ago, I didn't know he's going to play a video this morning. But it was a lot of agreements that were said right there in the middle of that. Where people, he was saying, Lord, I can't do that. I'm just this old whatever. You put it there. If you've ever said it, you need to go back 
And you need to you need to enter that realm because there's a lot of things that we speak out over people and that have been spoken out over us that create general uh, generational things that come upon us. And we have that power within us to go into those realms and go into the court of heaven. I promise you there is one who's going into that court every time. And I'm going to read you a little scripture here. And this is over in um, um, Zechariah. And in Zechariah, it says this. And it's chapter 3. You want to turn there? It's verse 1. And you've got to remember, this was a time that the priest there, I can't remember who was the priest, but he gave Joshua the authority to, to be the high priest at this point. And it says, and Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. So don't you think he ain't already there? We already read that in Joel, right? Yeah. We, we read that in Joel. And that's why it throws so much confusion on people today that they don't understand. Joel is not where we line up our beliefs. Jesus Christ is where we line up our beliefs. But at this time in Joel's life, things were happening in the spirit realm just like here, things were happening in the spirit realm with Joshua. And you can go into that in Ezekiel. Turn with me to Ezekiel 28 right quick. We're going to kind of move around a little bit because I'm not going to say what I'm saying based off of Brent. I want you to know that it's found in the Scriptures here. So go to verse, let's see, in chapter 28 of Ezekiel, let's go to 14, 14 through 16 here. And so... Everybody will probably remember this story here. It says, You were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So here he's talking. Who is this he's talking about? Y'all know who he's talking about here? Who? Satan. This is Satan. So he, where was he at? He was on the Mount of God. You know where the Mount of God is, don't you? It's called Zion. It's Zion. That's where you and I have been seated in Christ Jesus. And he says he was there. And all of a sudden, guess what? He's been kicked out. Where you, no wonder he doesn't like us. He was kicked out from where we are seated in Christ. In Zion, the mountain of God. And it says, He was there. And it says, Wickedness was found in you through your widespread trade. You were filled with violence and sin. What does He always trade? Lies. Lies for the truth. If He can just get you to believe the lie, you'll make an agreement with it. And it will stick on you until somebody or you come along and break those agreements. And you need to do your business in the realm He's gave you access to. In that spirit realm, He's given you access to go back in there and take things back that have been taken from you by the liar, the deceiver, the one who convinced you you weren't good enough, the one that convinced you that your husband or your wife or your 
son or your daughter wasn't good enough. And sometimes you participated with him and you released wrong words over that person. And when you released by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within you, it says you have the ability to bind and loose upon this earth. And so if we have that power and ability within us through the power of the Holy Spirit, now all of a sudden it gets real. Because the words that you were releasing, they have power of life and death. And if you've ever spoke something over somebody, oh, Robert Henderson tells a story. And I think Brian put it on uh, group me a while back. It's been about a month ago. And he tells a story where he was praying for a breakthrough for his son, a grown man. And he was going through a place where he was going through a divorce because his wife didn't want to be a part of the ministry. And so it sounds a little bit like your story, doesn't it? You know, to be honest with you. And so, didn't and and so, <laughs> but anyway, Lord Lord works all that out for good, doesn't He, brother? Yeah. And so, anyway, his wife leaves him. He's losing his kids. He gets in this big depression, and he sits there and he prays for his son day after day, binding it, trying to get things out, trying to break things that have been done and trying to break this depression off of his son. And he said, I would just get in the Spirit and just start praying and I couldn't see victory. He couldn't see victory. Over and over and over. And then all of a sudden, the Lord stopped him one day and He spoke to him. And He said, you spoke some words over your son that you need to enter into the courts of heaven and you need to get right. And the day that He went to the courts of heaven. The Lord taught him to go into the courts of heaven and he broke the words that he had spoken over his own son. And it wasn't evil stuff. It was just like, he just won't get right and do this and he's not ever going to amount to anything. Well, I promise you, you don't need to speak that. And I see young ones here all the time always declare love and goodness over your children because you need to teach them who they are in Christ as they grow up. They're young and immature at this point, but one day they're going to be kingdom movers. And you don't want to release anything over them that's going to hinder their ability to be kingdom movers. And if you have released those words over any of your children or grandchildren or anybody, you go and do business with God to get those things back in the right place. But he said he went to this Mount of God, and amongst this Mount of God were fiery stones, which are called the, which are the angels there. And he said he was doing widespread trade there, and that's where Satan's doing his trading, and that's where the violence was found in Satan, where he was trading lies for truth. And so, just to kind of take you there to understand that how that system works, it really is a spiritual realm that you have access to. And I think sometimes we think, oh, we sound kind of crazy thinking that we can hear from God. But we can. And if you hear and you've already received Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you should know the voice of the Lord. And the Lord teaches us. And But some reason the religious system today wants to tell us that if we've heard the Lord say this, or say that, they kind of look at us like, you're crazy. You're crazy. But then you better know the voice of the Lord because the Lord is who is going to shepherd us 
in His kingdom. But if we're constantly hearing the voice of the Lord, and Brother Brian has taught a lot of this to us as we've come through this process to where we are today, to where we would hear and we would go release out what we heard. So there was a lot of practice along the way that has gotten a lot of the religious out of us. But there's still territory to take out here. Yeah, come on. It's not through. That's one thing that we find out as we keep going. It is no end to God's goodness. It's no end to God's kingdom. It's no end to what He's going to ask you to do for you. Because He's already said... I've done everything to get you where you need to be. I've, I've given my son. He's the access. Brother Brian said that earlier. Right after those verses uh, in chapter 14 of John, it said right after that, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah. Through the blood of Christ Jesus only can you enter the presence of God. And that's not in the sweet by and by. Yeah. It's here today. We can get into His presence right now. Right. And... If you were here listening to this a few minutes ago, I can tell you, I got in His presence. And you need to be able to get in His presence no matter whether music's playing or whether it gets quiet. Whatever you're doing, if you get into the Word of God or you just get alone and just hear from Him. I promise you, He's always speaking. You just got to tune your hearing to understand and listen. And we can't look and say, well, Brother Brian or Brother Brent, they need to be the one to pray here. Because you've been given access to everything that me and him got access to. The only difference is, is are you using it? Are you using what you've been given? Go ahead. One of the biggest contracts that we have in religion is that we made a contract with death that we need to get rid of. Because we we believe from the very beginning. Hey, Brent, they can't hear it. That air conditioner over there can't hear it. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the biggest contracts that we have as believers from religion is to have a contract with death. Yeah. And so we believe all these years that we have to die to go to heaven, die to, to have access yeah. to things in heaven. Yeah. So I've, I've made it a point to break that contract yeah, come with on. death over, over my life and over my family because I believe we have access to everything now. Yeah. So, so if you haven't if you haven't broken that contract with death, it's, that's the first thing I think that you need to do. Come on. Well, let me tell you, this man hey, has broken hey, that contract. Before you keep going, won't you lead everybody in there real quick? <laughs> show them. You got to model it because everybody don't know how to do that. So show them what you've been doing. I, I will, but I think Britt's probably going to. Are you going in? You go ahead, bro. Do that part. Yeah, do that part. Let's do it. Let's get it. Enter in. Well, if you want me to go ahead, that's up to you. Yeah, that's up to you. Go ahead. Well, let me let me tell you something. I've heard out of his voice many a time. He said, "I'm gonna live to 120." He's told me that many a time, and so he's trying. He's declaring life over his future. He's declaring good health over his future. You see, so many times we'll make a statement, so-and-so sick and I was around him. Guess what? Yeah. I'm probably going to get that. That's right. You better not say it. Yeah, you're you going to get it. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, you're going to get it. If you're going to make that statement, you made a covenant with that statement there. And I think we do that kind of nonchalantly and don't realize that the power that we have with our voice 
that we have by making agreements or breaking agreements. And there's a lot of people out there who need us to take them into those places to break those agreements so that they can get relief from what Satan has bound them up in. Satan will bind you up and keep you where you won't say nothing. Yeah. He'll right. keep you as silent as you want to be. That's right. And if you believe it, it starts right here. If it starts right there, he'll get you just to believe that little lie. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you go from this place right here to outside the wall. Yeah. And he's never moved. He's still sitting there. He's still calling. He still wants to take you back into His presence. Yeah. And there are ways to get into His presence. And we need to make sure. That's one thing that Psalm says. Come into His courts with thanksgiving and praise. You just get to praising and thanking Him. Right. I promise you, you'll be, in His, you'll be sitting right in front of Him for you know it. If you feel like you're a long way from Him, get into His courts and praise and thank Him. Because He's there, ready to receive you. Take on your burdens. Take on your problems. These problems are problems of this world. You and I ain't supposed to be involved in these problems other than to get people out. We're to be the lifeboat helping them out. We're the co-laborers with God's love and God's healing. And we don't think that so many times. We, our prayer sounds more like we're trying to convince God to do something for us. Rather than we're just, we're here, I'm here. Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I release to you in the name of Christ Jesus. That's the best prayer said right there. Yeah. Right in the new covenant. Started out with that kind of praying. Yeah. And so I want to read another verses here so I can kind of let you know still what, what I'm speaking about is truth here. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. And I'm going to read verse 18, but then I'm going to skip out of verse 18 and go to um, 22 through 24. It says, For we are not coming as Moses did to a physical mountain with his burning fire and thick clouds of darkness and gloom and with a raging whirlwind. Now skip down to 22. In contrast, we have already come near to God in a totally different realm. The Zion realm. For we have entered the city of the living God, which is the new Jerusalem in heaven. We have joined the festival gathering of marauds of angels in their joyous celebration. So where are you? Zion. Zion. Where, do you, where, do you, where are you supposed to be living from? Where you're seated. That Zion realm. That's the place that we're to live from. And so if you go into... That's past tense. He says we have already come near God. Not we have to strain or have to call Him to come down to us. He's like, I don't need to come down there. You're seated right here next to me. Just listen to me. And so he's trying to teach us Paul, through his teachings, through the Holy Spirit-led teachings of Paul, he's trying to tell us, you're already there. Now live from there. You're already seated there. And Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, tells us that we are seated in Christ Jesus at the right hand. 
And then all of a sudden in, in chapter 6, he goes to telling us, your battle. Yeah. Where's that battle at? It ain't here. Because he said it wasn't against who? Flesh and blood. So where is it? It's beneath your feet. It's between here and where you're seated. And there's where the battle takes place. There's where the courtroom proceedings take place. That's where, that's where Satan shows up. And he needs... All God's looking for is for us to show up into the courtroom and to come and proclaim what has already been taken place by the blood of Christ Jesus. But instead, we're not showing up to take hold of what He's already told. Satan's there. So Satan's... If, if there's a problem with any of your relationships, it's going to be because somebody bought into a lie. Somebody bought into a lie. Whether it's you, whether you have declared a lie over whoever it is that is in that relationship, whether it be a boss-employee relationship, or or child-parent relationship, yeah. or a, a husband-wife relationship I can tell you I have had to repent over things I've had I probably said about Rachel I know I've had and I'm like that is not who she is and then all of a sudden I go and I take that back I go back into that realm and I say uh uh she's my loving wife she's the daughter of the most high God and I'm not going to declare that out and I promise you our marriage is like she, I can almost finish her sentences and she can finish mine. She sure knows what I need in my belly. <laughs> she could. And so I guess what I'm saying is I had to make sure I watched what I said over my children, yeah. over my spouse, over an employee. Yeah. If you got an employee that's not doing good, don't declare out of that. You start declaring out what they really are. Yeah. A child of God. And that they will be knowledgeable. They will be a good employee that's going to benefit this business. Because you don't realize this is where it's all taking place. And so if you go with me in the last verses I want to go to here, and this is going to be in Isaiah 61. In Isaiah 61, I'm going to read the first seven verses here. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Not only is He on you now, He's in you. And it says, Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. How are you going to bind up the brokenhearted in that realm? It says, and To proclaim freedom for the captives. Who's God? It's in that realm. And he says, and to release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. Did you know that you have brothers and sisters that are grieving even when we're seated in Zion? That's why we need each other. That's why a lot of times I call Brian to pray for me. He calls us to pray for him. We come together with one another because yeah. guess what? We've got brothers and sisters seated in Zion who are grieving. Who have to be reminded of who they are. 
to try to break agreements of things that people have declared over them and try to release the kingdom of God within them. So if we take what Satan has told the lies about and we released what is true about them, yeah. then we're going to not only take it away, we're going to replace it yeah. with His goodness, with His kindness, with His love, with His joy. And it's going to come through you. Through you living gateways is what Psalm chapter 24 says. You are living gateways for the kingdom of God to yeah. come through. And if you're going to be a living gateway for Him to come through, then you've got to be a river of flowing from His throne. You've got to be sitting at His right hand listening so that you can release out what is exactly 100% full. But you've got to get there. And it says, And to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, of oil, of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of spirit of despair. And they will be called, guess what? Oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. This is all for His glory and for their benefit. And it says, and they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. This is all in the spirit realm here, guys. And they will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Generational curses. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. And you will be named ministers of our God. And you will feed on the wealth of the nations. And in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion instead of disgrace. And you will rejoice in your inheritance so that you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. Now, if that ain't something we need to be declaring and doing, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. First of all, we've got to proclaim the good news. What is the good news? The good news is we've been seated right with Him. Christ made a way for us. And now He said, I want you to come in and you come labor with me. Yes. I want you to walk with me. I'm going to teach you what a son looks like. Yep. And so if you go into the New Testament, you think, well, most of that's Old Testament you were reading. If you go into the New Testament and you go into Luke chapter 22, Amen. Amen. But everybody will think, well, that's the Old Covenant. This is the New Covenant. What I'm going to tell you, here it is. And this is verse 31 through 34 of chapter 22 of Luke. 31 through 34, it says, Peter, my dear friend, this is Jesus talking to Peter. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Satan has obtained permission to come and shift you all like wheat or sift you and test your faith. But then he says one thing right here. He says, but nevertheless, I have prayed for you, Peter, that you would stay faithful to me. No longer what comes. Uh, no longer, no matter what comes. I'm sorry. Remember this. After you have turned back from me, you have been you will be restored. Make it your life mission to strengthen the faith of your brothers. And so here he is. How does Jesus know this? 
How did Jesus is at this point, he's been made a little less than angels, right? But all of a sudden, he's here and he says, Listen to me, Peter. Satan has obtained, obtained permission to sift you like wheat. But nevertheless, now Jesus is still physically here upon the earth. He said, But nevertheless, I pray for you, Peter, and you will remain faithful to me. So where did he do this? He did that in the courts of heaven. He did that in the courts of heaven. So here you can see Jesus was teaching us as he was here upon this earth. He taught us what it looks like to be a part of this whole realm. The Zion realm. And the mountain of God has many rooms has many dimensions. So don't think that, oh, I got my ticket punched. In the religious system, they tell you, oh, you got your ticket punched. Sit and wait for the week by and by and whatever will be, will be. Case of laws are up. And like, we have no ability to shift the atmosphere, right. to change a situation, whatever, whatever situation it is, right. no matter what it is. But he's telling us, you have access to that. My son gave you access to my presence. So now, enter my presence. Enter these places that I can show you what the kingdom of God looks like. That's what, that's what he's desiring from us. You know, and we can sit here and we can come to me and we can leave here and say, well, I did my duty for the day or for the week. Or we can actually take things away from these things that Brother Brian is teaching us constantly. And we can use them. We can apply them. We can get along with God. And He'll show you what you're, you need to do. Just like that man told about his son. And God took him there. He had no idea. He thought he was doing everything he was needing to do. And God come, brought it to his mind that he needed to go take care of one thing that he had done himself, that he had participated in to bring the, help bring this upon his son. And later on, it was about a week and a half later, the son calls his dad and says, about a week and a half ago, <laughs> I had this breakthrough and this depression came off of me. If you think that ain't real, right? Absolutely. That's right. And so we've got to really start to think about who we are here. Why are we here? Why did Jesus? He didn't just punch our ticket. He brought the love of God right into the midst. So much so that he, those guys, when they were asking him, who, how, how do we get to the Father? He's like, guys, have you not been seeing me and listening to me the whole time? Did you not realize that I'm not, I'm not saying anything but what the Father is telling me to say? I've been here in your midst the whole time and you don't even know that I'm your Father. The Father is within me pleading to you, speaking to you. 
And now He's inside of us. And so many times we don't even pay attention to know that every step we take, and we'll make statements like, I just don't know where God's at. I just can't find Him in this situation. When all along, He's been right with you the whole time. There's no, way, no telling how many times He's changed your path when death was sitting right where you were pointing. And He changed your path. And He's been there. Yeah, there's still some bumps in the same road because He said in this life you will have trouble. But never fear because I am with you. He says so. He's there. So, I want to invite you this morning. If there's something that needs to be taken care of, now that it's been brought to your attention, that there's something that you might have declared even over yourself that needs to be broken, that that didn't come from His realm. That didn't come from His voice. It come from the light. And if you've ever declared anything, that's got you in some bad thinking about yourself. Or if you need to just come, just say, Lord, I don't know. I've got this going on. I just need to hear from you. Yeah. He'll open your ears just like that. It'll be like a deaf person for the first time here. Because it'll be a new kind of hearing. You won't need these ears to hear. You'll hear it right here. So I want to invite you. If you want one of us to pray over, we'll be glad to pray over. But I just want to take this time as they kind of play and sing. That you get real with God. That you get into that. If there's something you need to do in the courts of heaven, I've shown you it's there. There's all the scripture that's telling us it's there. If you need to get there, then I want you to. Don't be bashful. We're all family here. We pretty much know a lot about one another anyway. But He knows everything about you already. He knows just what you need.